Hey guys, and welcome to the Breathe Out Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Smurl. Our mission is to serve our clients, coworkers, and community. Our goal is to inspire you by sharing all the things we've learned and keep on learning about leadership, culture, safety, and wellness. We hope our message today brings impact and value to our listeners. So let's get started. So Kelly's a great friend of mine, um, and but not only that, she's been a spiritual mentor for me this last couple years. Um, you know, it's hard to find women that are as strong, if not stronger, um, as um, late to everything and disorganized as we both are. We both have huge hearts. Yeah, and my husband told me, be there 10 minutes early. You know, I'm like running in the door. <laughs> <laughs> There, I was like, they're like, oh, Kelly's probably here. And I was like, it's 940. I'm like, Kelly is not here yet. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, no, Kelly's like me. She's late to everything. I'm not late. I'm right on You're time. You're right on time. <laughs> right on time. says is late. So. Right on time. So Kelly and I communicate like this. I, uh, I told her I had a nightmare the other night. And her husband said, welcome to my world. This is the world I live in. <laughs> I had a nightmare that she had asked me to volunteer for something. This was literally a nightmare. And that um, I was like, okay, sure. And she's like, doesn't tell me anything about where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to do, <laughs> who I'm supposed to be directing, what I'm supposed to be leading. And I show up and everybody's mad at me. Everybody's mad at me. And she's like, it's okay. You're a level two leader. And so now we have this joke that we're level two leaders completely clueless, but, you know, going with the flow, (laughs) just do what we do, fake it till we make it. Um, But, but Kelly, uh, we met Kelly and Scott through um, our kids. Mm -hmm. And it was just crazy that their church name is High Point and our, you know, business is High Point. And um, I wanted people ask us all the time, um, y'all own the insurance company. I'm like, I wish I did. And people people ask us all the time when we started a church. So um, (laughs) we um, did not start a church. And Kelly does not own an insurance agency. (laughs) But um, we have. But we share a name. But we share a name. Mm -hmm. And um, Kelly and Scott have a huge heart. They've been a huge um, inspiration and mentors to me and Brandon. And we hope that uh, what Kelly has to say today will be uh, impactful for all of y'all. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. First of all, this is a great honor. Like all of you businessmen and women, you intimidate me. So I'm just going (laughs) to right off the bat tell you that. I feel like that you know way more than I do, but I was asked to do this, and so um, I'm just going to own it, right? What is one of your core values? Own your mess. Own your mess. <laughs> just own it. Um, but uh, let's give, you know, before I start, I just want to give honor to your leaders, to Heather and Brandon, for starting such a great company. Can we give them a they started this company um, they could be very selfish and make it all about the profit and the bottom line but they don't like they're taking this time to invest in you as leaders and that is very rare in a company um, I know that John Maxwell does it and there's um, certain companies that do it but if you'll if you'll notice the bottom line and the denominator in all these companies is that they're all very very successful and they're taking time and money and investing it into their their people and they're seeing this bottom line growth just mm-hmm. exponential and um, it's rare it's very rare we in fact I should probably not even say this so this will be one of those things you cut out of when I'm recording <laughs> don't tell at home don't tell okay what I'm saying um, but 
We share an office with an insurance company and just y'all. That's all I'm going to say. Okay? They, this is not normal. They're investing in you and, and I mean, look at this building. They care about where you come to work every day. They didn't have to build this, you know. So um, just, oh, we honor y'all. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. And they are servant leaders. Okay, so Heather asked me to talk about servant leaders. So which one of you men back there forgot servant leader? <laughs> See, he owned it. He owned it. Okay. No, that's all right. It's okay. Um, wow. Okay, so let me just tell you that um, core values are so important. And core values should really drive every person to, to become a better version of yourself. I truly believe that everybody in the core of us, we're good. I believe everyone's good. You really can find good in everyone. I know you probably are thinking of one person right now, you're like, oh, but you don't know, fill in the blank. <laughs> but really, um, people that don't show core values or show the good side of them, they've just been through bad times. That's the bottom line. They've been through a bad times in life. Um, and they don't know how to deal with it. They're not self-aware. But the good news, just like Heather said, we all influence someone. Everybody's a leader. I've heard people say before, I'm not a leader, don't put me there. I'm not a leader. Oh, but if you influence someone, if you have children, if, you have a, if you're married, if you, um, if you have people on a team that are under you, it doesn't matter. If you influence someone, then you are a leader, whether you chose to be or not. And I just want to encourage you as a person to always grow in your leadership skills. Always push that capacity um, to its further, to maximize it. You know, I, learned, I, I decided that I'm going to start growing in my leadership skills. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better version of myself. And when I realized that that was a learned trait, um, I started doing things to improve my leadership skills. One of the things, I commute two days a week, an hour. Um, there in an hour back and I decided I'm not gonna listen to music anymore because I love music like I like to jam in my car to some Taylor Swift sometimes <laughs> do some worship music sometimes it's Eminem I mean I know I'm all over the place okay but um, I decided you know what I'm gonna use this time and I'm gonna listen to leadership podcasts and that's when I got to know John Maxwell who's also my personal friend did y'all know that <laughs> I thought I was the only one friends with him Heather no. um, and uh, Carrie Newhoff and uh, Craig Rochelle. These are all great leadership podcasts you can listen to. And, and so some of the things that I'm gonna uh, mix up and give you today are a mixture of things that I've learned. And um, I believe that a great leader does not reinvent the wheel. They take a little greatness from everybody that they've heard and they make it their own and apply it to their life. And when you apply those things to your life, you will grow. And the thing that I found out about leaders, the more I grow, the more I know nothing, the more I need to grow more, right? So it really is a crazy thing that happens. I can't even explain it, but the more you grow as a leader, the more you, you have a need to grow. Mm -hmm. it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, just like uh, what you feed the most is what you're gonna need, you get more hungry. Have you ever like gone to sleep at night and you just like eat something crazy like pizza or you regret it the next day but you're like I'm hungry it's nine o'clock at night I really shouldn't eat but you're hungry so you eat and eat and eat and you're hungry the next morning you ever notice that so the whatever you feed the most you're gonna you're gonna crave more of so don't don't let go like always be self-improvement be self-aware servant leaders are self-aware like be aware of you know anytime one of y'all's core values is pursue discomfort Anytime you feel discomfort, like go down inside your heart and go, what, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Why am, am, is it really about this other person? Am I upset with them? 
what is it about this situation that's making me feel uncomfortable? And I love that I'm gonna pursue it. I'm gonna run towards it because running towards it gets me through it faster. I'm not gonna stick my head in the sand and pretend like it's not there and whine and cry about it because I'm not comfortable. Like, I'm gonna go inside my heart. Why am I uncomfortable right now? What is it about this situation that's not making me like today or how I'm responding or why am I feeling this way? And I'm telling you, a lot of times if you'll go down to that route, you'll realize that it's something very simple that you can, oh, is that it? Is that all that was bothering me? Um, just a quick example um, about we originally moved out here because we were senior pastors at a church in Alvin, and we thought we were going to be there forever, and uh, we were excited about it. Well, after four years, we realized that that was not our assignment, just to make a very long story short, and we decided to start High Point Church and pursue the dream in our heart. But I remember um, thinking at the time that, that, you know, my life is over. I can't believe that we're not going to be here forever, and I thought it was going to be like this, and, and really what my destiny and our destiny was to to start this amazing church where people's lives can be transformed and they can come in and feel comfortable the church our church i'm not trying to push it I'm, well let me give a little push for half point here. <laughs> um, but we really wanted to create a church that was not churchy i mean that's just the bottom line um, i got to where i just didn't like church i didn't like what it represented i didn't like the bad connotations the experiences that i had the um, interactions that i had with pastors so I thought you know what let's just start a church that that we like <laughs> that we like to attend so that's why we started it but at the time I thought you know this discomfort um, th this is not fair like I I did everything right and and we we did things to to build success and whatever fill in the blank but what, we're, what I was realizing is when you're pushed into discomfort it pushes you to another level and opens up a new season in your life for for greatness and, and promotion and things like that. So I hope I'm making sense. Uh, I tend to chase squirrels, so just bear with me. Welcome everybody joining online. I don't want to forget you, so. <laughs> okay, sorry y'all get this. I, need, I feel like they got this big side face. Okay. All right, so core values are so important. If you'll take these core values and make them your own and apply them to your life and bring them into your household, then not only will you see the results that you do of high point insurance, your home will see results. Your children will be successful. Your marriage will go to the next level. I'm telling you, don't leave the core values at work. Take them home and apply them to your home life. So important. Um, I think I already said this, self-awareness and improvement should remain a goal. If you will submit yourself to personal growth and social trust, you will be successful in everything you do. Everything you do. I'm telling you, um, when I started learning leadership, they get a weird view of me. When I started um, really making leader, uh, expanding my leadership capacity, my marriage changed. And people that are shocked by that, but you're a pastor, like y'all should have the perfect marriage, no? <laughs> y'all, if there's a perfect marriage, somebody's lying. <laughs> and I will just call them out because marriages work, just like, Making a profit at this job is work. You can't just sit down. It's going to fall on your lap. Like, it is work. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to be first. I'm going to put these core values in my marriage, and, and it changed our marriage. Um, it really did. Okay, so um, real quick, I want to go over the core values of High Point. Um, servant leadership, which we're talking about today. Uh, pursue discomfort. Choose joy. Listen generously. I love that. Listen to understand. Are you, when you're listening to someone... You know that 
nine times out of ten, this is our default, okay? Our default is to, I'm already going to have a comeback before they're even done. That's default. So just know that. Again, self-awareness is everything. So stop yourself. When you start forming a response before they're even finished talking, stop yourself. They could be wronger than wrong. They could be complete idiots in what they're saying. But they're still a person that, that wants to be loved and that wants to be heard and that wants to be accepted. Right? So stop yourself from forming a response and listen to them. Listen to understand. That, that, that core value doesn't say just listen because it's the right thing to do. It says listen to understand. I mean, they may have a wacky viewpoint, but if you can understand their, their glasses that they're seeing the world through, if you can understand, you'll have compassion on them. Mm -hmm. And it'll help you formulate and even bring them into this understanding of what's right, even if it's wrong thinking on their behalf, right? I love that. Listen, own your mess. That's hard for me. <laughs> When I, when I make a mess of something, I want to blame other people. How many of you want to do that too? You don't have to raise your hand. That's another default. We want to place the blame. But a servant leader really encompasses all of this. That's why I love that servant leader. I don't know if that's your first core value on purpose, but a servant leader does all these things. They do pursue discomfort. They do choose joy. Y'all, joy is a choice. It's not an emotion. If joy... I'm telling you, every morning I have to wake up and go, you know what? I choose joy today. I'm going to already know in my head that something's going to happen that's going to make me mad, but I'm going to choose joy ahead of time because then when that comes your way, you can switch it around. It's hard to do. That's the hardest one, too. It really is to go, you know what? I am not happy right now. That person really made me mad. <laughs> I'm not allowed to cuss. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay. So, um, servant leaders, they really do pursue discomfort, choose joy, listen generously, and own their messes. Servant leaders produce leaders. So, think about that for a minute. It's harder to stop and teach someone than to just go, you know what? I'm hearing you, but just scoot over. I'm going to do it myself. How many of you have done that before? You're like, just you've made a mess of this, I'm just gonna do it myself. Servant leaders are patient and they teach and they reproduce themselves, they reproduce leaders, right? Servant leaders pull things out of people, they don't push things out of people. They pull the best out of people, they're patient. Servant leaders are not selfish. That means they don't control. You know, we, none of us wanna think we're selfish, okay? But again, selfishness is our default protect myself, put up a wall, not going to let that happen again. You know what I mean? That's going to be our default. But servant leaders do not control. So this is how you know if you're selfish or not. You're, you can want to control everything. You want to control your destiny. You want to control the outcome of, the, of your team. You want to be in control. And if for, the, for the, the, I don't know if you all do the Enneagram, for the eights and the sevens, like the natural um, control freaks, I'm one of them. You, you really have to be aware of this. And the antidote for that, for being selfish and controlling, is to just surrender. Hmm. And again, that go deep in your, a lot of those times where I'm feeling that discomfort, I'll go in my heart and I realize, I know why I'm upset right now because control's being taken from me. Like, <sighs> right, you know, beep, 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 losing control. 
and I have to just go back and go, oh, okay, that's all it is. Um, I'm gonna surrender this to, to this person and this is gonna be a teaching moment. And I'm gonna pull the best out of them. I'm not gonna push them to, to greatness, right? You see the difference? Okay, and um, so those, those are some of the things that servant leadership is, like the definition of them. But I wanna talk about how to become a servant leader. I feel like so many times, and, and I'll tell you how fast I turn off a podcast when it's a bunch of hype and then no one tells me how to do any of it. Have you ever done that before? You turn off the podcast, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna do it, yeah. What do I do? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we all want the results of a servant leader, right? We want our bottom line profit to go through the roof. We want our marriages to be successful. We want to be the team member that's celebrated by Heather and Brandon because we you know, made the most profits. I love that they celebrate you, by the way. That's also very rare. But we all want to be that. We're like, just tell me how. Give me some steps, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm going to give you some steps on how to be a servant leader. And I hope that, that this helps you today. Um, before I give you those steps, so, you know, um, y'all know that, that I'm a pastor and, um, and I love that, that, so I just want to throw this out there. Even if you're not a believer, you don't go to church, Jesus was still an amazing leader you can learn from, okay? Like, he was the author of servant leadership, and you have to give him that much credit because all these self-help books and all these amazing business books are all based on servant leadership. All of them talk about it, all of them. And all of them are successful. I'm telling you, there's not one of these businesses that doesn't put this into practice that aren't successful. I'm not talking about failures. Failure is a recipe for success. Don't, don't get me wrong, okay? There's gonna be failures in your life, but that's part of your journey to get you to success. But I love my favorite leadership story in the Bible is Jesus and he's sitting around the table and if you're of the Jewish background you're familiar with this but they celebrate Passover every year and it was to signify they didn't want their children's 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 children to forget when Jesus called them out of slavery and delivered them and so they had to celebrate this Passover meal and so once a year on the Passover celebration they'd all get together with their families eat this meal and each piece of the meal would represent something that happened to them in slavery or the night of Passover, like a glass of wine represented the blood that, that they had to sacrifice a perfect male lamb and, and wipe the blood over the doors. It's pretty crazy what happened, but that's, that kept the angel from passing, the death angel from taking the firstborn in their, in their family. And they wanted their children to remember, so they would take the wine together. And then they had like bitter herbs, like a salad that they would eat beforehand, and that represented the harshness of slavery. And, and I don't know all the exact pieces, but it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. And, and people that are in the Jewish religion, they do this every year. And I love it, because they're remembering their ancestors and what they came through. So Jesus is Jewish, and he's about to celebrate the Passover with his Disciples. Now, his disciples are just a group of men and women that he called to, to, to train them in leadership, period. He knew that he was only, his ministry was only like three years long, and he needed to produce these leaders to do the things that he did way after he was gone, right? And here we are, how many thousands of years later, still learning from his example. So he's at the table at Passover, and he's like, all right, I, you know, I've been looking for, he tells them this, I've been looking forward to this Passover meal with you. And, and he called them friends. He loved these people that he was with. And, and they're all doing the Passover. And then all of a sudden it says that after supper, a dispute broke out among them about who was the greatest. 
Jesus, who is the greatest? You know, they were all feeling very honored to be at the table. You know, you're, this is an honor to be at this table. This is an honor to be at this table. Trust me, if you walked into the insurance company that we share an office with, you would say that. What an honor that I get to work for High Point Insurance. And Jesus was teaching them, like, it's an honor to be at this table. And then he tells them this example. He's going to answer them. He says, okay, who is considered greater when you come do it? So think, okay, this is my version of it, okay? This is, I'm getting it out of Luke, but this is Kelly's version of the Bible. Um, but there, he says, he, he pictured, I pictured this five-star restaurant. How many of you love some, some fine dining? Let's be honest. You may not all be able to afford it all the time, but how many of you love some fine, only four of you enjoy fine dining? <laughs> Heather, take these four out. The I know. <laughs> Okay, so fine dining is not like drive-through fast food. It's this experience, you know? You come in, I mean, they block, if, you, if you reserve a table for fine dining, they block out like three hours. They don't, they don't stack you on top of each other. And there's always a tablecloth, and the waiter comes up to you, and it's so great. You ever notice that? Like waiters and waitresses at a, at a really nice restaurant, they're very kind. <laughs> what are they motivated by? <laughs> their tip the nicer they are the better I mean you know you've given good tips before and you've given not so good tips before so I mean but it's experience they are waiting on you and and so I think Jesus is trying to give this example so he's like in a five-star dining restaurant who is considered greater the one who's sitting at the table or the one who's serving of course the one sitting at the table is greater okay and in the world standards the person sitting at the table is greater and he said not so with you you will be the best leaders but I want you to serve like the one serving and it made me think of Hort I'm probably saying his name wrong Hort Schultz is the former CEO and president of the Ritz Carlton hotel chain how many of you have had the honor of staying at a Ritz Carlton Anyone? Okay. I finally did. It was on my bucket list. And y'all, I, I decided to because it's so expensive. I mean, you've got like your four-star hotels that are like, you know, like 280, which is still expensive to me, some 200, and then it jumps to like $700 a night. What? Are you kidding me? That's a that's expensive for a hotel. So, I saved up my American Express points and for our anniversary we stayed in the Ritz-Carlton because I wanted to see if the whole book that, that Hort Schultz wrote was true, can that kind of culture really permeate all the way through all these hotels and, ha and still have that? They're known for their hospitality and their kindness. And you know what? It was true. So the ones that raised your hand, did you feel that? Did you, did you feel that hospitality and that kindness? Their, their number one philosophy is this. We are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. Hmm. And it made me think that right thinking produces right behavior. If I view myself, so I'm going to go into the person, I'm going to step into the shoes of the dishwasher at a Ritz-Carlton. If I view myself on the same level as the, the, the clients or the customers coming in, then I have self-worth. I have the same self-worth that they do. I am just as important as they are. You see? And because I have, this, I have the same self-worth as they do, that I want to serve them. I want to show them the best side of myself. Isn't that good? That one concept 
has caused so much success in this hotel chain. So with that being said, are y'all ready for the keys to, I'm gonna watch my time because I, I wanna allow for some questions and answers. Y'all are probably like, we're good, you can leave. <laughs> okay, so here are five things to practice. Now the reason why I'm using the word practice is because we never arrive, okay? And if you think about it, what one profession uses the word practice? Because here we don't go, we're practicing insurance. We're practicing medicine, doctors. Why do you think they use that word practice with medicine? It's always evolving, it's never perfect. They have a life in their hands. Can you imagine that pressure? They have a human life in their hands when they're, when they're administering medicine or in surgery or whatever it is. But you know what? You're the, we're no different. We are the same way. We have a human soul in our hands. And I would argue that the soul is just not as more important, if not as important, as the, the physical health of a body. And you all have that on your shoulders. Or really, it's such a great opportunity, right? I love your saying, leading with love. And if there's one thing you forget, if you forget everything that I said, just remember this. In every decision you make, let love lead. Ask yourself, is love leading me right now? No, definitely not. I've answered that so many times. Or yes, love is leading. Because sometimes love is not comfortable, okay? But let love lead. I love that. Okay, here we go. Number one, to become a servant leader, practice humility. Practice humility. Let me just tell you something right now. You might as well practice it because it, you're, either, you're going to be humbled one or the way or the other. You can either humble yourself or you're going to be humbled. It's just like this law in the universe. Y'all have seen, have y'all seen someone who is so arrogant, like they're, they're totally humbled. Something happened and they were humiliated and humbled. And you might have even laughed. <laughs> they deserve that. Y'all don't think things, bad things like I do, do y'all? <laughs> you might as well practice humility. Don't wait for yourself to be humbled. It's very embarrassing. Um, I, I remember walking through time. And let me just tell you something about pride. It's self-deceptive. Self-deceptive. You do not know you have it. Okay? Hmm. You want to know if you're prideful? Ask if you're, if you're married, ask your spouse. <laughs> and, and, like, you know, take the answer. Okay? And if you respond, no, I'm not, then you'll definitely know you are. <laughs> so practice humility. Learn to be content with, with what you've been given. When you're here at the office and, and Heather and Brandon give something else to someone else that you think you deserved, practice humility. I'm going to be content. I'm going to go say something. No, that's not humility. I'm going to take up for myself. Humility does not ever need to take up for themselves. Humility will promote you. It's not defensive. Practice humility. Number two, practice honor. Pra I mean, it's easy to honor the people above us because there's money on the line. Let's just be honest, okay? That's easy. Just like the waiter and waitress at a five-star restaurant. It's easy to honor because they're getting a big tip. But how about we honor down? Honor someone who can't pay you back. Honor up, down, and all around. That's how I live my life. I'm going to honor up, and I'm going to honor down. Now, 
We gotta be intentional about honoring down. I, I read on this paper, it says, um, the culture at High Point is intentional. Have you ever like hurt someone's feelings and you had no idea you hurt their feelings? And then you go to them, what do you say? That was not intentional. Have you ever said that before? Mm -hmm. Exactly, let's be intentional. Don't give yourself that excuse, that wasn't intentional. Well, let's be intentional with people. If you're intentional with people, you're not going to do things unintentional. You see what I mean? Okay, was that, that's probably real, I just confused myself. Okay, <laughs> practice honor. Do you know that honor is a key that will unlock promotion in your life, wherever you're at? Honor. Um, honor is something that, let me just say something about honor real quick and I'll move to the next thing. Honor is given, honor's not earned, okay? So respect is earned. You can honor someone and not, and not have respect in your heart for them. So let me just tell you that. That's like, we, last night we talked in our, in our um, small group, we talked about forgiveness and how forgiving someone does not say what they did was okay. It's the same thing with honor. Honor is given, respect is earned. So let me just set you free there, okay? So honor people, honor, honor people. When you honor someone, you're not just honoring that person, you're honoring several people that are behind that person, okay? If you honor Erica, I've known her forever. Yeah. Um, if I honor Erica, I'm not just honoring her, I'm honoring Erica's husband, and I don't even know him. But that touched him when Erica comes home and says, you know what, Kelly really honored me today. And he is like, you know, I wanna go thank her. You're honoring other people. I'm a teacher of two days a week, I teach high school students. When I honor those children, I'm honoring their parents that I may not even know. When I dishonor, dishonor works the same way. You're not just dishonoring someone, you're dishonoring a group of people. Isn't that good to keep mm -hmm. in mind? Yeah. All right. Practice kindness. How many of you know the golden rule? Does anybody know what the golden rule is? Y'all, we learned it as kids. Treat others the way you want to be treated. That's really all I need to say about that. If you will let that lead your life, you know, when you're in one of those moments where, I'm sure no one in this room has ever done this before, but you're just going off at someone like, I'm gonna give you my mind. <laughs> something, there's something on the inside of us that thinks we have to fight for justice, right? I'm gonna teach you a lesson. And I don't know where that comes from, but if we will just treat others the way we wanna be treated, if I will treat someone else the way I wanna be treated, not the way they deserve to be treated. Treat others the way that you want to be treated. It will come back on you. You know that, have you ever heard the word karma? That wasn't, that wasn't invented by the world either, by the way. That's also in the Bible, just want to let you all know that. It says this, that be not deceived. I love that it says this, be not deceived, God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. That's karma, okay? It is just a law in the universe that's out there that whatever you put out there is what you're gonna attract, right? So if you sow positivity, what are you gonna reap? Positivity. If you slap someone, the, someone on the face, what are you gonna reap? Slap on the face. <laughs> Try it right now, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so practice kindness, practice kindness, practice kindness. 
practice kindness. The best way to practice kindness is that when someone's unkind to you, how do you, do you react or do you respond? You should respond. Servant leaders respond, they don't react. Okay? Servant leaders respond, they don't react. Well, you deserved it. The only reason why I did this is because you did. I was just reacting to what you did. And then we just, see how we justify our actions? So servant leaders respond. Response takes a moment to process what just happened. It was probably really bad and uncalled for. But again, remember that that person who is being unkind to you, they have way deeper issues. And I want everybody to say this. It's a big shock. It's not about me. Everybody say that. Everything's not about all me. about me, okay? And it'll give you compassion for them. If someone's being so hateful and going out of their way to be unkind and evil, they have deep issues. They need to go to mine and Heather's freedom class. <laughs> right? All right, practice unity. Unity. What is the Three Musketeers slogan? Hey, y'all are good. All for one, one for all. We're in this together. Unity says this, I will make decisions and, and, and push my agenda based on the overall win or benefit of this organization. So especially, our, I think um, Heather told me y'all are broken into teams, right? Mm -hmm. Which I love that. And there's team leaders. And what do you call your team leaders? Servant leaders, probably. <laughs> team captains. Team captains. Okay. So there's different levels of leadership here. Okay. So this is just an example in unity with your team. Whenever you're making a team-based decision, make sure, number one, that it's not just pushing your team forward, that it's going to be a benefit for the entire organization. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Les McEwen, one of my other favorite leadership people, and the reason why I love Les McEwen is um, he, he's, um, well, he wrote a book called Predictable Success and the Synergist, and he's just brilliant. Now, I have, it's one of those books where I have to read like every year because it, it's so deep. Have you ever done that before? You, read, you like read over and over, so it'll get into your head. So he's like very brilliant, and sometimes he's a little over my head. That's why I enjoy John Maxwell more, but um, he, he um, coined this phrase called the enterprise commitment. A servant leader will make decisions to benefit the overall win of the enterprise. And he uses enterprise because it could be a business, it could be a church, it could be your home. Um, you, could, you can actually put it into practice in any area of your life, okay? And he says an enterprise is two or more people pushing something forward to make it successful, okay? And, a lot of, and, and the reason why it's good to, to keep that in mind, the unity, is because again we're all intently selfish like what am I gonna do to uh, make a profit or to make my team look good but if you will it is a win-win if you're all in it together because if you think about this if the if the house wins as a whole who benefits everybody a servant leader wants everyone to benefit not just myself but if just your team or just you benefit and everybody else is losing is that really been, is that really is that really a success in your life? No. I mean, you may feel good in the moment, but then you're going to begin to feel bad that not everybody benefited. Isn't that good? So unity is so important. Um, unity. Let me say one more thing about unity. Um, a servant leader who's who's thinking about unity and practicing unity has the ability and 
in the middle of like confrontation with their team, or maybe there's a maybe there's not a complete agreement. Did y'all know we don't always agree on everything? <laughs> like, don't be shocked when there's a little bit of tension or uh, people not arguing. There's a healthy arguing, a trying to you know get a. Anytime you're making decisions with different personalities and you're trying to make the team overall succeed, there's gonna be a little bit of tension and that's actually okay. Servant leaders welcome that. But the difference is is servant leaders don't shut it down and it's my way or the highway. They actually have the ability and um, the, the, I'll tell you in just a minute who, where I got this from, but they have the ability to, to go up to a higher viewpoint and see the overall picture. Um, they're Ron, he fits, I'm probably saying this name wrong, high fits. Um, he has a book called Leadership on the Line. He calls it going to the balcony. They have the ability to go up to the balcony, see the bigger picture, mm -hmm. and set their own selfish you know, agenda aside and let's make this work so that we all benefit. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So unity, I love that. And then last but not least, servant leaders practice gratitude. Gratitude. Just being thankful that it's 2021 and I have a job. I can feed my family. Um, I mean, just turn on the news and you'll practice gratitude really fast. Mm -hmm. It's gotten so bad that I don't even watch the news. Y'all have not watched the news in a long time. I cannot stand the way it makes me feel. <laughs> I already hear it from my mother anyway. I'm convinced that people that are over the age of 70, that's all they do is watch the news all day. Sorry, Mom. She's not watching this, but... Um, just <laughs> Andrew knows my mom, he'll tell her at church. Um, but just practice gratitude. Gratitude is also something that will that can change your mood very quickly. When you're really in self-pity and feeling sorry for yourself, just always remember this. There's someone else that is living a much worse situation than you are today. Mm -hmm. Gratitude. Gratitude. So let me review those real quick. The five things that you can do to become a servant leader. Everybody can become a servant leader. Everybody. But you gotta, it's got to be a practice, just like medicine. Because we're practicing on the human soul, right? Mm -hmm. Practice humility. Practice honor. Practice kindness. Practice unity. And practice gratitude. Can I get an amen, somebody? I'm just saying. <laughs> amen. I'm not going to go church on y'all. Okay. Do y'all have any questions? At all. I'll at least act like I know I'm okay. <laughs> Anyone? Really? No questions? Come on, Erica. What were you going to say? <laughs> no questions at all? On the gratitude, what are some things that you do? Because joy is a choice. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you do on the daily? you know, to make sure that you're staying in that, that choice of joy and living in gratitude? With me, I, I really have, cause I fight with that. Um, I have to learn to be content in every situation, every situation. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just going to tell myself and, and please don't judge me. Okay. But, um, I like an experience. That's my per my personality is a seven on the Enneagram, and I love a great experience. I'm all about life is not the destination; it's definitely about the journey. And I'm gonna experience every great thing out out of it. That's what I want. So when we go on a vacation, I would rather take a road trip than an airplane because I love the journey. I want all the stops along the 
What, what's on the map? What can we go see with our kids? I, wanna, I love having fun with my kids. And y'all, the older they get, the more fun they are. When you invest in your kids, for those of you who have small children, if you really invest in them, like come home and do core values at your kitchen table. Kids are hilarious. You'll, you'll find it hilarious what they say. But if you do that every day, you'll produce these adults who actually want to come home and spend time with you and have fun on vacation. Let me just say that. I feel like we're reaping that right now, and it's so much fun. So I love experiences. The bad side of that is I love really, really good experiences that I can't afford. For example, one time I was sitting on an airplane, and I got upgraded to first class. What? It's a whole new world. <laughs> and I'm sitting in first class, and I'm like, Y'all, there was this businessman, and his watch is probably how much my house costs, okay? I'm like, it's a Rolex. I mean, there's diamonds on it. I'm sh pretty sure it's all gold, and it's like just blinding me. I mean, and he's sitting next to me, and we're on one of those big airplanes. It's called an Airbus, and he's all, like, laid back. Like, did y'all know that in some first-class airplanes? I mean, like, oh, my God, that's right. <laughs> They're like squishing us all back in coach, like sardines, and they're living the life in first class. And so I got upgraded. I still don't know how I got upgraded. I have no idea how I got upgraded. But because um, was, I was flying by myself, and, and so I'm sitting there, and I, you know, I go in. I'm like, oh, excuse me. He had to kind of like put a seat down so I could get in. Well, I didn't know how to recline my chair. And I'm like, so, and he's got his earphones in. He's working on his computer, and his watch is blinding me. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like tapping on his shoulder. I'm like, and he goes, takes all the stuff out. I'm like, I've never been in first class. Can you tell me how to recline my chair? And he started laughing. He showed me how to do it. Anyway, my point is, it was pretty funny because I had to ask him where the tray was and all that. How came out. And then I was shocked when they give you a wet towel, a hot wet towel to wipe your hands. Okay. But though, here's the problem. I, I didn't want to go back to coach. <laughs> So I became resentful of the people. In front, Cause you know, when you go onto an airplane, you pass all these first class people and you're like, you know, and you go sit and coach. I'm like, it's not fair. And, and it's funny, but this is how I became. I'm like, it's not, that is not fair. Why did they get to ride first class? And then I realized that I can choose joy and, and be grateful that I even have the opportunity to get on an airplane, hello? Someone in the world has it way worse than I do. And I'm throwing a fix, I can't ride first class. So I've learned that I can ride first class, but I can also ride and coach, and I'm okay. And I'm joyful, and I'm in a good mood, and I have gratitude. But it's a choice, I have to, every time, don't make fun of me, I ride coach, Heather, I have to do that. <laughs> because I've been upgraded quite a few times, so I really like it. So I remember, real quick, and then I'm gonna, how am I on time? Okay, so we went on vacation. Have y'all, how many of you have ever been to Alice Beach before? Oh, yes. Oh, girl. Alice Beach is probably the best destination in the United States you can vacation. The only problem is it's expensive. Well, my daughter wanted to get married there, and in order to get married there, you had to rent one of their houses. So I made that part of the budget. I gave her a budget, and I'm like, Alice Beach is expensive. This is part of the budget. If you want to get married here, then that, you, that's your choice. 
Another good advice, whenever you have daughters that get married, give them a budget, okay? <laughs> then they have to make the, the decisions. It's not you saying no all the time. So she wanted to do it, so we did it. Well, um, they, they have this, this pool that's not normal, okay? Their, their um, resort pool, the minute you walk in, there's a pool boy that meets you and goes, hello, Miss Niemeyer, they know your name. Where would you like to sit? I'm like, my mind's trying to catch up, like, how do you know my name? What's going on? Like, <laughs> it's just me. Do you know who I am? I'm like, <laughs> and he, he like gets this towel. Have you ever had this experience before? I didn't even know it existed. Like wraps this towel, like Sit. it's a sheet around your, Sit. your, um, whatever it's called, your lounge chair. Like I'm used to lounge chairs. This is like a mattress on a chair. <laughs> brought me a bucket of water and like, I'm going to serve you all day. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I will give you a good tip. And I just ordered whatever I wanted all day, drinks, food. Of course, I freaked out at my bill at the end, but I was just in the moment. <laughs> and I remember sitting there going, I can, I'm never gonna be able to go to a normal pool again. <laughs> this is amazing. I wanna be served like this. And intentionally, oh yes, you, yes you can you will go to a normal pool <laughs> and you will be grateful for it. Like a really normal, nice pool, right? So, I mean, just in practical ways, Heather, it's just being in intentional. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be content no matter what I'm giving. I can live on a lot and have the high life. I can live with nothing and, and be with everybody else. And I'm gonna be great. I'm gonna be grateful and thankful, right? Any other questions? Good stuff. You're like, no, you talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope this um, helped you guys today. Um, this is such an honor to do this, and um, I don't even think, I feel like that y'all know more than me about business and life, but um, thank you for having me today, and um, I would love to meet all of y'all. I know y'all have to go back to work, but anything else, Heather? No, this is great. Okay. Thank you very, very much. wonderful and productive week and as always lead